Hey, this is Mike Missanelli, and you're listening to the Feed the Embiid, the number one Sixers podcast in America. Yeah, 2-1 on his jersey, playing like he's number one. Best big in the league, and it's no debate. Who's from the haters? Point him to the exit. I guess every franchise needs its process. Every franchise needs its own process. Coming down the lane, yeah. Watch your head, yeah. We post a every game, yeah. Get your Kodak. Once he gets you under the basket, you better just pray. Hit you with the jab step, knock down, lock from Ben. Get out the way, and one. Let the fans know it. Yeah, homie, let the fans know it. Watch the trailer, the three is going in your eye. If you mess, you better get back. Cause if the bees, there won't be a putback. Keep all that trash out of the paint. Cause the bees will put it back in your face. He's a cold blooded killer, and he take no prisoners. Yeah, dump off from TJ. Call it the feed to a bee. What's going on, everybody? This is the Feed to Embiid, and I am your host, Austin Krell. So, after a day of overreacting to a loss, after a day of everyone saying the process is a failure, um, we have to start back at square one, of course, didn't help that there was a, a rumor an article going around from a doctor in San Diego stating that Embiid might have arthritis, which if I don't know if you know or not, but it's typically a degenerative condition that, if severe, could could really limit Embiid's career, and that would imply that Embiid would um, would you know he we would we would already have seen the best of Embiid, which is obviously a devastating thought to have, but um, there 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 are indications. I guess from doctors um, that I've heard on the radio and whatnot that would imply that it may not be arthritis. I don't know. It's it's you know it's obviously a uh, a worrisome situation. But after a day of all that, Sixers finally uh, responded in Game Two. It was a close half to it was a close first half. But that was mostly because the Nets were making just every shot. I mean, if we go to the first half, the Nets shot 22 of 46 from the field. Um, and it was really just a, a a ridiculous shooting half for the Nets. Um, and I, th- I thought that... You know, maybe this would be a problem. Maybe this game would be a problem for the Sixers. Maybe they aren't as good as we thought. They they came out, they played really well, um, on on the, for the most part on both sides of the ball to start the start the uh, the game. I loved how aggressive Ben Simmons was. He had nine points in tw- in thirty two minutes in all of game one. In game two, he had seven points in the first five minutes. So clearly, he heard the criticism and he didn't want to hear it anymore and he came out and he's and he and he basically said look if we lose this game it's not going to be because of me and it was true he he had a triple double uh, i believe he had 18 12 and 10 yeah he had 18 12 and 10 um 
and he really, I thought, came out of the gate ready to go. First possession of the game, Ben gets the ball and puts on the Jets and, and gets down the court, and he he missed uh, he missed at, he missed at the, at the rim, but that didn't deter him. He he kept he just kept going for it, and he kept uh, attacking, being aggressive, getting you know just just speeding it up as soon as he got to the arc, and he just attacked, and they really didn't have anything to stop him. Ben had 18, 10, and 12, with the, the 10 being the rebounds and the 12 being the assists. And it was a really great bounce-back game for him to silence the haters in the city. A lot of people were saying they wanted to trade Ben Simmons after game one, and uh, and you know, it, was, it was really just a ridiculous sort of reaction. Kid's 22. He was a first overall pick three years ago. He's got the body of of uh, he got the he's got the build of of, of a Magic or or a LeBron. The skill set obviously is not there yet, but I mean, if this kid gets a jump shot, what are you gonna do? If this kid gets a jump shot and you trade him, it's gonna be the biggest mistake they ever make. Because I got news for you: as good as we think Embiid is, if Simmons has any kind of workable jump shot range. He's going to be better than Embiid. He's going to be better than Embiid. Um, so with that, I, I I was really impressed and happy with, with Ben Simmons' bounce back tonight. Um, that was just and, – and then really part of it was they got Ben going early by establishing him on the block. There was a lot of him playing off the ball in the first half or playing – you know, if if, it, if it, the ball was in was in Jimmy's hands, after Ben initiated the offense, it was Ben dropping down to the block, and Jimmy recognizing it and saying, "Okay, go to work," and him doing that, the you know, him backing you down and turning turning around, doing a little flip shot, or getting to the rim and and, and, go, and finishing a layup. But that, that's how they, that's how he did. They utilized mismatches early on, and they got him rolling with with, with and got him confident by getting him looked at the rim, and just seeing the ball drop for him. You know, it was it was it was like okay, you know, this isn't that bad, and it was just a different guy tonight, di- different guy than it was um, two days ago. Another adjustment that Brett Brown made early on in this game was Reddick was on Joe Harris whenever Joe Harris was on the court. While Harris is bigger and probably stronger, he's just a spot up shooter. He he can't create off the dribble really. He might cut a little bit, but he, he he's gonna take jump shots um, from long range tonight. Uh, he was. Hit four points in 26 minutes. He really didn't give you much, and I think that was a matchup that the Sixers could live with. They said, "Okay, we're gonna let you know we're gonna we're gonna make Harris kill us with 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 35 threes, you know, this series. But we're not gonna let D'Angelo Russell and and Dinwiddie and Lavert get whatever they want off the dribble at the mid range or at the rim. And you know, Harris isn't gonna make every shot. He he missed he missed all but all but one of his four shots tonight. And so I liked that adjustment. That meant that it was Ben Simmons and Jimmy handling Russell, handling um, handling Dinwiddie, handling Levert. Uh, that was a really good adjustment. I mentioned Simmons on Russell. Russell only had 16 points tonight, which is not a bad game at all. It's a good game. Um, but he shot 6-16. He had four turnovers and two assists. So he was not nearly as effective or as damaging as he was in game one when it was a lot of rhetoric on him, and if you and I you know I said this on Twitter, the key to stop you're not you're not going to just limit and cut off Dinwiddie and Russell and Levert because that's not how this matchup 
is going to work. It's not, the Sixers don't have the, the uh, personnel to just do that. They don't have three Patrick Beverleys. Um, and so what that means is they're going to get theirs. It's it, it, it's going to happen. They're, they're excellent scorers, and they're very fast. They they can shoot. It's going to happen. It's that you, you you don't let them get comfortable. You don't let them get hot. You don't let them get uh, going in that little pick and roll where they can just pull up in the mid-range and knock down jumpers. Tonight it worked for Russell a little bit, but not so much as it did last game. Um, Dinwiddie was still 8 of 16. He had a couple of threes. Um, well, the Nets really all had a couple of threes. The Nets had 15 threes tonight. But I thought Dinwiddie really did a good job. Or I, think, I thought the Sixers did a good job of keeping him sort of, I guess, guessing and uncomfortable and making him take long-range jump shots. Because while he can hit them, he has to really load up and, and, and really kind of sprint into them. He's a, he's a, he's a better off-the-dribble three-point shooter than a than a spot-up from, from, from what I've seen thus far in the series. Um, and I thought that they really made him sort of work to get the shots off. And it, it, there were a couple catch and shoots from long range that he was just very short on. Um, and I think a lot of the range on his jump shot comes from uh, stems from a long load up. He you know he's usually it's usually a fast break. He's usually pulling up off of a long stride and not and then he leans into it a little bit and he knocks it down. Um, and then Karis Levert he played twenty minutes. He had he was three of eight. Um, 13 points, and they, they, you know, the, the the combination of James Ennis the third, who was back tonight, Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, all the and Tobias Harris to uh, a little bit, all of those guys really contributed to holding this Nets trio of scorers to a combined 48 points. That's a lot of points, yes, but in game one they combined for 67 points. There was no stopping them. Today it was. We know you're going to get your points, but we're not going to let you get comfortable. And not going to let you feel like you can get hot. And they did a good job of that. Um, TJ McConnell did not play at all until garbage time. I thought that was a good adjustment by Brett Brown, recognizing that, hey, he has, he, he, you know, they're going to give him all the space to shoot the ball. And while we can afford that with Ben Simmons, because he's, he can, he's, he has a size, he can pass, he can rebound, he's an elite defender, yada, yada, yada. TJ really doesn't make up for it with anything. He he's not a three point threat. He just gonna he's gonna you know drive in the middle and then probe and then reverse and and come out again and 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 sort of stagnate the offense. So rather than playing TJ a lot of minutes, they they played Jimmy at the t- at the one when other guys were subbed out, and then when Ben Simmons came back, it was Jimmy on the bench. That was that was like a common theme of this game tonight. Um, but they did a good job. They, you know, it was, it was, I know Brett loves TJ, but it was the right move. It was the right move. Um, yeah, when, when you have him on the court, it's five on four. It's the Nets, the Nets have five defenders and the Stickers only have four offensive players. And it really hurts what you can do on offense and, and it stagnates things and it makes you a lot more guardable. Um, and, you know, also makes it impossible to run the pick and roll because the another guy doesn't have doesn't doesn't have range, and they know that he doesn't stretch the floor at all. So it really shrinks things. And you got you guys don't know that, but I thought, thought I'd say it again. Um, I would have liked to have seen less JJ tonight and more Zaire. Cause I think that Zaire can give you more in terms of the pick and roll defense than JJ can, obviously. 
Um, you know, Zaire's has, has, has had very little time in his rookie season thus far, but I, this, the, you know, these net, this isn't Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant or not, uh, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard. Uh, you know, this isn't any of those guys. This is a fringe all-star and two really good scorers. I'm, I, I would like to see what Zaire could do on against the, against this team. Maybe be a better offensive option than James Ennis and just as good, if not better of a defensive option. Maybe the body isn't ready yet. Maybe he's not strong enough, but it can't hurt to try is my point. Um, I the, the Sixers really did a great job of really sort of changing the offensive philosophy when when um, when they had him beat out. It was, you know, Boban get it at like the mid post area, and you know the free, the free throw line extended, and then looking the first two options aren't there, shoot it, and he shot uh, he shot like five of five or six of six to begin the game. He ended up with eight, 16 points, eight rebounds in eighteen minutes. A very efficient game for Boban. Um, he played great minutes tonight for the Sixers. And it even caused the Nets to even go into a zone defense, which I haven't seen in a while in the NBA. Um, and maybe it's maybe it's been there. I just haven't noticed it. But I thought the Sixers did a good job of not panicking, not not you know sort of saying, like, like, what, like what the hell do we do here? They reacted to it as as they should. They, they got it to the, to the three-toe line extended. And they said, okay, Boban, if, it's, if it looks there, shoot it. If not... Find the cutter or for pass it out of the perimeter, and it worked. And you know the Nets couldn't the the, the, the idea of a zone didn't really thwart off the Sixers at all. But nonetheless, the Nets had a really good first half. They knocked down I think ten or eleven threes in the half. Um, Sixers were up by as many as thirteen in the first half, and ultimately um, they were led by one at the break. In fact, in the last in the late in the first half. There were a couple of, of key plays where Embiid I think threw a vicious elbow at Jaron Allen's face and he and he nearly missed giving Al, giving uh, Allen a broken nose, but it was it was you know to the side it looked it just looked bad on replay and he's lucky he only got a flagrant one because if it had been a flagrant two, which it was very it would have been very justified to be, um, looking at a different series Sixers down 0-2 going into Brooklyn and you know so that was a that was really a, a series altering call to be quite honest. It, it sounds a bit dramatic, but it really was because I'm not sure that the Sixers would have won that game tonight if Embiid had been ejected. Um, ultimately, the Sixers head into the ha- head into halftime up one, and apparently Brett Brown ripped into them, which I would have too. I mean, to be embarrassed like you were um, in Game One and to come out and only be up one at halftime is not only a disgrace but it's also worrisome because you got to wonder where the heart is of these players. You know, if, if if you're not going to come out and, and try now, I don't know when a better time is because your backs are up against the wall. The third quarter was an entirely different story. Entirely different. The Sixers come out on a 10-0 run in the first minute. They ultimately had a 15-0 run at one point in the quarter. They score a NBA playoff record 51 points in a quarter and they're most in a corner this season. So after... Uh, you know, a a dis- disappointing, concerning first half, um, where you know they they let the Nets keep things close after a dis- after a disgrace of a game one. They responded with a fifty one point first uh, third quarter, which is the most they've had all season. So that was a really, really, really good display of this team saying, you know what, screw this, we're not gonna we're not gonna you know mess this up. Let's you know we're gonna come out, we're gonna focus, we're gonna get it together, 
We're gonna make shots. We're gonna make the. We're gonna get defensive stops, and they did just that. They scored 51 points on a blistering 18 of 25 from the field. For those of you who can't do quick math, and I can't either. I just looked it up online. Um, 72% from the field. That's incredible. That's an incredible quarter. Um, overall, the Sixers really they dominated this game in the paint. Nets had 48 points in the paint. The Sixers had, the Sixers had 62. When the threes weren't falling, which for a while in this game, um, they weren't. You know, they, they were falling a lot more so in, in the in the second half than they were the first half. I think the Sixers shot 2 of 5 in the first half. They shot 3 of 25 in the first game. Um, they made they made 6 in the second half. But while the threes weren't falling, it was points in the paint that were keeping, that were keeping the Sixers ahead and, and keeping them in it. And in the second, in the second half, when the threes started dropping, they all, everything opened up. Everything opened up, the paint opened up, and that's when the Sixers began to dominate. Um, ultimately, they, they led by as many as, I think, 32 in this game. They silenced a lot of doubters for now. Um, I thought Brett Brown made good adjustments in this game. I thought that they came back and responded really well in the third quarter. And it just goes to show you what they're capable of when they're 100% locked in, when they when they know that they have a lot on the line. And if they come out this intensity every game, I don't see why they can't get to the conference finals. I don't see why they can't get to the NBA finals. I know this is just the Nets, but there was nothing stopping this team in the third quarter tonight. There wasn't. There just wasn't. Um... One thing I wanted to mention was that I thought James Ennis did a good job in his 12 minutes in his return. He had six points, three rebounds. But I thought that, you know, they, they could only play him, at, if, I guess, if you do the math, um, three minutes a quarter. But what he did really well was in the short stints that he could give them, he was fighting through screens like crazy. He wasn't letting anybody get space. He wasn't letting any of the Nets guards get, um, you know, come over the screen and be open and attack or, or pull up and shoot. He was making them work for everything. And, They'd go on a little run. He'd come in. Um, he would, you know, keep them quiet at bay. The, the lead would build back up, and by that time, it was time for him to sub out anyway for a starter. So he did a really good job of being that support blanket while the starter rested. And I thought he gave very valuable minutes in this game tonight. I was happy with what he did. Um, but overall, really good performance tonight. Every starter was in double figures except for Jimmy, who had who was on who was three of ten. I don't think he's trying to force it as much. I don't think the shots were really there for him as much. Uh, but he had 7.7 assists. And he said in the press conference last at the game one that he was upset that he didn't have a single assist. So he had seven tonight. Um, the bench really came out to play tonight. Um, Mike Scott had 15, and Boban had 16. That's 31. And then everyone else chipped in. Um, I want to say they probably had 50 bench points tonight, which I think would be a, a far and away a season high for them. Um, the things with things are shifting back to Brooklyn. We'll be, we'll be back in action for Game Three on the road on Thursday, 8 p.m. Tip-off. We'll be coming to you with post-game coverage following that one. And you know, I think it's time to celebrate a victory with a beer. And for a college kid like me, I'm probably going to shotgun it. And you know, I'm going to go to parties. I want to increase my shotgunning time. Well, I would recommend that for other college listeners. Try the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. 
It is also a tab puller, vent puncher, and all fits on a keychain. For more information about the King Cobra, check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. And Cobra is spelled with a K. For, for a 10% discount on all products, enter the code Cobra 10 all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. The feed to Embiid and its name are protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without my written permission is prohibited. Copyright the feed to Embiid 2019. Sixers win game two, 145 to 123. It's tied the series up 1-1. They have lost home court advantage as of now, but it's better being tied 1-1 than down 0-2 on the road. So we'll be back with Pokemon coverage on Thursday, hopefully after they take a 2-1 lead and put some pressure on the Nets. Um, but for now... I'm Austin Krell, capital A, capital K, A Krell underscore sports on Twitter. You can find me there. As always, thank you for tuning in and have a great night.